Welcome to the Dave Squared Podcast. I'm David Kramer coming to you from Northern California. And I'm Dave Blasco coming to you from Arizona. Dave and I have been friends since the early 1980s when we were college roommates. We finally found a medium to share our wisdom with the world, or at least our opinions. Between us, we have two engineering degrees, two master's degrees, an economics degree, and 60 years plus of work experience. And we're making this podcast together to try to help each other and hopefully you, the listener, save some money. Now, Mr. Kramer, how are we going to save people money today with our podcast? Well, as we say in the United States, time is money. So we are going to talk about productivity philosophy today. Uh, when I threw it out to you, I talked about, I think it's a Google concept of search versus file. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So we're going to talk about how you... Um, <clears throat> Uh, organize your email or not organize your emails, the case may be in the case of uh, Google. Exactly. And then I thought if we have some time, we might talk about how it applies in the in the real world as well, the physical world. Ah, I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, that sounds pretty interesting. So this sounds like it's going to be one of those Windows versus iOS kind of debate lines, maybe. Yeah, because I think you and I probably come at this from different uh, different ends of the spectrum. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Dave, from our college years, but I'm not the neatest person. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I'm fairly neat, but I, you know, I look at my desk right now. It's kind of messy. It's got a stack of papers on it, but I, as I sit next to me, I have a accordion file, and it's got things filed away in different folders so I can find things later. So, yeah, but this is an interesting concept. I have actually thought about this at work because what I do at work and what I do at home are essentially the same thing. I have a bunch of folders and I use Microsoft Outlook. I have a full version of Outlook on my computer and use Outlook and put stuff in folders. Yeah, and that's, that's the way it had to be back when we were limited by memory and things like this. And I think it's uh, analogous to what we had to do with paper back in the day, right? You had to put your papers away so you could get uh, subpoenaed or whatever and be able to produce documents. Um, but I believe Google was pushing the idea of search not file because they had a powerful search engine. Um, the limits with filing, Dave, is you have to decide how to file things, right? If you've got correspondence, do you file it by recipient? Do you file it by subject? Do you file it by um, uh, project? Or do you make multiple copies and file it in different places? That's a good question. So at, at work, I tend to file things by topic. If I'm working on a project, I put things in that folder um, and try to file things by topic so I can find it later. Um, I do, I do find just in general, the search functionality of Outlook is like okay, but it's not it's not as good as Google for search functionality. And even with my folder system, I find that I can't find things sometimes that I know that I put in a folder. And then sometimes I'll create a second folder that's related to the first folder, but I just forgot that I had named it something else. So I do find myself doing that a bit. Yeah, that the Outlook search function is pretty weak. Um, it's very slow and... It just doesn't work as well as Google. Um, I used to use a thing called Zobni, uh, which would index all your emails and made it much, much faster. Um, they went away. Zobni was inbox backwards. Hmm. Um, 
but I think oh, there's probably some other functionality there. I gotcha. Yeah, I just um, I've used the folder thing. It works reasonably well. I guess it takes you know if you look about time as money, it it, it takes some time because you have to organize your emails as they come in. I know my daughter has used Gmail for ooh, I don't know seven years or longer, and she likes it and she has this massive inbox and she'll search through it and find stuff that she needs um i would think at some point you would get so much email it might be hard to find something of importance and when do you delete it because i will keep certain receipts that are important for tax purposes or um oh home purposes for a long time i'll put them in a special folder like stuff from my house i keep keep until house is sold which might be 10 years which might be two years <laughs> but it might be a long time right so do you delete emails at work when you're done with them? I do. I try to delete stuff when I'm done with them and, and be rid of them. Interesting. And it's interesting. Our new policy at work is um, on your stuff in your inbox and your sent mail, it will delete automatically after six months. I just let stuff de delete because otherwise I think it just gets overwhelming. Though it seems like that stuff never actually goes away. Um, from watching uh, television shows, it seems like the FBI could recover anything that you ever did. It does seem that way. Well, I mean, on your hard drive, unless you write something over on your hard drive, what appears to be deleted is, is technically still there until you write something on top of it. And back in the day, I'm going to say 10 years ago, maybe even less, we'd get a lot of pressure from IT to delete stuff. Um, but that's kind of gone away. Memory is much, much cheaper now than it used to be. Yeah, hard drive spaces is super cheap. I have some people at work that uh, don't like big email sizes, but I think that's just a, a legacy of the times when storage was ex very expensive. Yeah, people are taking it for granted now, though. If you, I don't know if you've ever gone into your email and sorted it by um, the size of the email. You see people send you ridiculously large uh, multi-meg attachments that are just cat pictures or whatever that they haven't bothered to compress. Yeah, I, I got you. Uh, well, in my work, well, Mac, I think I, I thought it was 20 megs the maximum email size you could send. So I think there's some internal workings that prevent that. I don't know on Microsoft. I use Microsoft like Outlook and I use a Hotmail account. I don't know what the, there's probably some size for that as well because you'd have people sending File, uh, application files across the internet in an email. Yeah, PowerPoint files can get to be huge, even if it's just some silly text. Yes, they can get out of control quickly. That's for sure. So, um, so you're using you're using Gmail, and just everything just sits in one kind of top level inbox, and you search through it that way. Yes, that's gotcha. what I do with my personal stuff. Uh, at what about work, things like what about things like okay, so I you know, and sometimes I have. I'm thinking to myself that I probably spend too much time organizing my stuff at work as well as at home. Um, I will have folders for receipts to save for different amounts of time. What do you do for like tax receipts? Something that you might have to produce in an audit. What do you, what do you, would you do something special with that? Yes. So um, I started using Evernote a few years ago. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm familiar with it. So I think of Evernote as a digital haystack so you can if you want to think of it as filing things but you can tag things for notebooks so they have notebooks and tags so you can tag things many different ways so i try and 
tag things with text and throw them into an archive that um, I'm either one, uh, I mostly think of them as deductions, and then I should be able to find them forever. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. I do, um, uh, my wife uses Evernote a l little bit, but I've been using, for whatever reason, I've been using the equivalent program called OneNote, which is Microsoft's version of Evernote that I mainly use for um, task list to, you know, the, the list of stuff to do at home and then the Costco, what to, what to go get at Costco, if you, if you will. But uh, uh, I realize there's a lot of cool things you can do in those programs that I don't even use them for. Yeah, Evernote has a very good um, uh, search system for text, even if it's in pictures. Mm -hmm. um, surprisingly, it works really well even with handwriting off a whiteboard. You could search for a word. Um, you don't even need terribly good handwriting. Wow, that's pretty cool. So this is some kind of optical character recognition that figures out handwriting. Yes. Uh, so that is what really sold me on it. And what I finally broke down and did is I bought one of those very nice Fujitsu SnapScan scanners. Mm -hmm. uh, which cost a couple hundred bucks and started using that to get rid of the stacks of paper in my house. So um, I, I try to, I'm not religious about it, but eventually I scan everything and then it goes in there and I can search for it based on that. Oh, that's pretty cool. I have tried to start to digitalize things where I'm not getting statements for everything again. I've done that with a couple credit cards, but I haven't kind of done it with everything. I do scan certain pictures or important documents to to save to find later um interesting that, that's a good idea because i had a i had a situation where i had the homeowners association on me a few years back because something about like painting my house and i said no no no, no. i had the house painted such and such a, this is a few years back like and um I had to go back and get the find the check that I wrote to the house painter, and I think I had a paper receipt that I it's in my accordion folder, which is sitting right next to me, you know. So I was just able to find that to get them off my back to say, hey, you hadn't painted your house in such and such a time, you need to repaint your house, which is now no small undertaking or no small financial matter. So it's it's important to have those kinds of things around. Uh, yes, yeah, we just repainted our house and. Um... They did a very good job. I'm very happy with it. But we got a couple of quotes, and I almost started a painting business. I was so stunned by the prices that were quoted to me. Yeah, it's 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 pricey, and and so that, and then I've never been audited in my taxes. But um, you know, I'll put all that tax stuff away, and I'll keep those receipts for. You have to keep them what for seven years, um, for well, I think seven years for. Deductions, and then you can just trash them because it's statute limitations on that stuff. I think an interesting model, though, right, is we don't keep canceled checks anymore. They're mm -hmm. just somewhere in the cloud, I believe, pictures of them. Yep, I already, yep, yeah. So, yeah, you can go and look at their, your checks and see what's going on, which is pretty cool. That's how I got that check that I needed because I didn't have the canceled check for the house painting, and it went on to my account, and um, it took me a while to go, figure out, okay, when was that? Because it was a number of years ago, and then I had to search and finally found it and produced it. And luckily, the the guys had painting in the name of his business. Uh, 
Oh, you're able to search by um, who the check was written to? I use Wells Fargo, and it seems like I have to know either the amount or the date in order to find the check. I knew the amount. I had to go find it, I guess. So, yeah, I know, I, no, I can't search. I knew the amount, what, or roughly the amount, roughly the, you know, right around this time period, like spring of whatever year, and I had to go find it. Boy, it would be nice if they stepped up their technology, bought it from Evernote or something, so I could search by recipient because uh, my wife is a little overconfident in my abilities. Hey, did we send a check to the cleaners? <laughs> I don't know. How much was it for? That's, that's, that is a good point. Um, I know I, we use Bank of America. You can go in and it'll say check, check, you know, check 101, and you can rename it to say that went to the uh, dry cleaners for later use, but you have to go into your bank statement and, and update that, which um, I, I generally would do that sometimes. I don't, we don't write a lot of checks anymore. So, I mean, if we write one check a month anymore, that's a lot. Um, so interesting. Yeah. So when you go to find something, so let's say, let's say you're, you're being audited and you had some receipt for, oh, what would be a deductible expense? Um, your real estate taxes from seven years ago, you just, you could be able to, that may or may not be an email though, right? There's a reasonable chance that I would be able to go into Evernote and search on uh, tax, mm -hmm. sort it by date and be able to find everything from 2012. Okay, That's, that works out pretty cool. Not a 100% chance, but a decent chance. Yeah, I have a folder for essentially like, um, oh, where's my folder? I have a folder for tax receipts that just stuff will sit in there and I'll just, right around tax time, which is coming up here in the next quarter, I will look through that and just delete things that are older than seven years. So believe it or not, I've got the emails in there that are seven years old and just delete them. And I'm thinking things um, things like what would be in there? Oh, we uh, in Arizona, we pay for our cars tag our sticker and it's based on the value of your car so some portion of that about some large portion of the car tag is the tax on your car so that could be deductible depending on your situation that's true but i remember having a discussion with my grandmother once because she thought i was crazy for not balancing my checkbook mm -hmm. and i asked her how many errors she had found in the you know, 60 or 70 years she had been balancing her checkbook every month and she had found a hundred dollar error once. Really? And I, yeah. So I did the math on how much per hour that worked out to for her time doing the uh, checking balance. <laughs> Interesting. I, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of work. I have never found the bank to be an error, although I did have a check for $111 cashed for $777. I guess someone interpreted the, those kind of that leading when you write a one and kind of script, you have that lead up to the top and then come down on it. And uh, that, that overdrew my checking account about 20, some, 20 25 years ago. Uh, which was kind of crazy. I was looking for a manual for my uh, soundbar on my TV upstairs because the power blinked and so the energy saver function stopped working. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it would turn itself off, mm -hmm. which I didn't want. Anyway, I found a, a check from my grandmother for my birthday for $25, which I never cast because it looked a lot like $75 because mm -hmm. her handwriting was terrible. And I'm sure it drove her nuts that I never cashed that check. <laughs> She's been she trying to reconcile that. <laughs> She's passed now a few years ago. But I think uh, I might get that framed. <laughs> too funny. 
Too funny. So I um, so so thinking about here at work, I'm trying to. I, I, this is a really good topic because at work, I tend to probably make more folders than I need to, and then sometimes you know make similar folders that probably could be combined. But um, at work, I've tried to kind of go minimal. Less is more lately. So I'm I'm trying to give it a give it a go. We don't use Gmail at work. We use Outlook. So the search again is not as good as gmail although i think i've gotten better at using the search you know you got to make sure that if you're in outlook it always defaults to the current folder so if if you're not looking at the current folder you got to click that button and say hey all outlook items or look in the subfolders to blah 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 right well it works all works pretty well when it's just your stuff and your filing system where it gets tricky, and I think we have to remember to be kind to each other, is when they're shared folder systems on a shared drive. Mm -hmm. Because this kind of taxonomy stuff is hard, and it seems obvious to you that everything about Halloween should be in the October file, but it, other people think it should be in the Halloween file. So you shouldn't swear at people and think they're crazy because they file things differently than you do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is personal preference, and uh, at work we do use a lot of shared folder um, filing systems and what people call. It's interesting. There's always a debate about what to call something, um, and some people like to put a date on it, and some people like to put a descriptive name and or a combination of the two. So that is an interesting debate that I see uh, that unfolds at work almost every day. Yeah, and some very organized people with old school um, habits put very long names on it and are saving their documents under different versions. And then eventually you get to this thing where it's in subfolders and uh, it's too many characters. <laughs> right. Yes, I've, I've come across that. And uh, and with new modern technology, it's kind of cool that you... Um, uh, we're using a Microsoft te technology, but it'll just it'll save versions, so you can go back. And if you mess something up, which I've done before, and have to uh, go back, you can go back and find the saved versions and go back to the one that before you m messed it up and make that your current version, which is kind of cool. Which I think um, some folks realize works that way, and some folks don't. Yeah, and of late, I've been using, I've been reviewing a lot of contracts, and I've been using the the black line comparison tools in Word, which mm -hmm. work much better than they used to. That is a big deal because we would get contracts in sometimes from our customers, and they wouldn't like tell you what they changed in a very long document, which is kind of just difficult, right? And yes. there's, there's, uh, I think Adobe has that feature too, where you can put them side by side and it'll, it'll show the markups, which is really important because there's some important things that get changed and customer may not tell you and you really need to know. And, um, to think about in the old school days, we had to read that through word by word with one finger on the left side, one finger on the right side, and how easy to miss things and how laborious that is. Yeah, and there's a very big difference between uh, shall and shall not, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Or payment in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, which you may not catch. That's probably something important that most folks would look at, but it's easy to miss stuff like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> or warranty for contract <laughs> yeah, I had war a warranty length may be changing too. Yes, and it could be an error. I had a contract once that required, uh, I want to say, $20 million insurance limits for auto on a subcontractor, and it was clearly a decimal point error, but mm -hmm. that's not available. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that those are some really cool features that make that automate things.
Yeah, so I'll, it's good that things are getting better. I have to admit that Evernote, while I was extremely pleased with it at the beginning, as you use it over the years, it works a lot better with a thousand documents than tens of thousands of documents. You get a lot of hits when you do your search. And then you spend some time going through that search, then that search, it's then that search that you've done, the first level search, that could take a number of minutes to go through and figure out. Yes, yeah, so I've tried to not use it for as many things. I was keeping documents there that I wanted to read, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and that, that clutters it up. Um, I guess I have for important like things you talked about, like tax receipts. I just have a folder for that stuff. And then I'll just um, have a date on it. And then I know every year when I do my taxes, I'll just go ahead and delete the old stuff. I'll save the copy of just the basically the taxes, but all the stuff to prepare it, all the deductions, all that maybe photographs of receipt or whatever, you know, just delete all that stuff out at the seven year limit. Cause you're not going to be audited on that stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anybody who's been audited. Do you? I do not know anybody who's been audited. The chance of being audited are so low. It's ridiculous. I do not know anybody. I'm pretty convinced if you don't have mathematical errors that they don't have the manpower to do a whole lot of auditing. I, I believe it's true. I think the percentage of people audited is so super low. So with today's, you know, modern tax software, I've been using modern tax software now. I don't know since probably, I don't know if it's been 20 years, but that generally catches your math error. You can obviously type stuff in wrong. There's probably, uh, you know, algorithms for looking at crazy stuff for, you know, someone who makes this amount of money shouldn't have deductions that are above this, but I, I don't know. I don't know anybody's been audited, frankly. And I think people who are, the more you make, the more I think liable you are being audited. So uh, I guess I'm not hitting that threshold yet. So a lot of people, Dave, find uh, having unread emails in their inbox stressful. Do you, do you suffer from that? No, <laughs> I just, um, no, I, it worries me a little bit. My, um, at work, I don't worry about it because there's certain people I work with, you know, that I got to do stuff and I know what my tasks are. Um, it's easy to send email and I've come to the conclusion that it's not possible to get through it all. And I don't make, uh, it's just not possible to get through it all. I think, because, um, I think it, in, it impacts your efficiency. Yeah. Home, I'm glad. Yeah, at home, sorry, at home, um, what I do do, I do get a lot of coupon kind of stuff. And I, um, the thing I failed to mention before for our listeners is I do do some automated rules around email. So um, I, I'm i not sure there's much value in there, but every once in a while I want to find a coupon because you get these individual emails where you get something off somewhere. Yes. And I, and I have those routed automatically using rules in Microsoft Outlook to a coupon folder, which I delete basically every 30 days. Um but I think that's a that's another useful tip for folks who have a lot of emails coming in is to have some auto rules on those things. That's a good idea. Here's one um, that I got from uh, one of my favorite podcasters with the unlikely name of Merlin Mann. Uh, but um, is if you search your email for the word, word unsubscribe, all the stuff that's in uh, email lists comes up and you can periodically unsubscribe from stuff that you don't have any interest in any longer. That's good. Um, that is a good idea. If, the, if it's a reputable firm, but there's a lot of 
<laughs> There's a lot of trash emails that want you to unsubscribe. They're not reputable people that will get you on a mailing list too. So I'd be I'd be careful. Some of that stuff is the stuff that ends up in your junk email, but my junk email filter still is missing quite a few things, and I get crazy crud in my email box. Yeah, I wrote rules. <laughs> wrote a rule that uh, took anything with the word uh, penis in it and sent it to junk mail. <laughs> Um, so if, you, if you've been sending me notes, Dave, with the word penis in it, I, I haven't been getting it. That's a really good idea. Yes. it's a, and, and I'll say the Outlook junk mail filter works pretty well, but there's stuff that goes in there. And I have told it multiple times not to send certain stuff to junk mail, um, and it still keeps on going. So I'm not quite sure. Those, uh, those are the emails, I think, for the most part, are going to junk email. But it seems like I'm getting more of them. So somehow I must have landed on somebody's... Um, list that they're selling and I'm getting all the uh, crazy uh, separating you from your money kind of emails. Yeah, there's a lot of functionality still left in uh, email programs, though, based on the concept that you could use it as a to-do list. And uh, so it would highlight how many unread emails you have and make them bold or different colors. And I think you and I both agree that that's a losing battle and you should figure out how to turn that functionality off. The fact that I have 16,476 unread emails in my Gmail inbox is not really relevant. I'm not going to work through 16,000 emails. <laughs> That's what always blows me away when I look at my daughter's Gmail account because she'll have all those emails. They'll just go, they just basically go in the inbox. Um, and the thing that I have struggled with is I do have some of those rules where a lot of the a lot of, I'll get maybe, oh gosh, what do I get? Maybe 20 emails a day for... Um, just uh, places I bought stuff before and they'll send coupons. $15 off, I'm looking at Staples right now if you order $60 or more right now. And once in a while I use that stuff. I find I don't use it as much as I think I do. But it's automated and goes into a folder and I don't see it. How do you get through that stuff when you're going through your Gmail account? Like if I send you an email, you have to search on my name? I mean, I look at it every day and I'll read the stuff from... Um... Uh, Dave Blasco, but the stuff from Game Prep Baseball and Next Door Digest and uh, the New York Times Weekend Briefing, I'm probably not going to read. Gotcha. They, Gmail's pretty good. They've got a new function now where they separate using some kind of algorithm, uh, primary from social, from promotions. Um, so like the stuff from um, the New York Times, I should move that to, I don't know, social, I guess. Um, and it highlights that in a different color for you to find it more easily. Yeah, and then you know if it's not, what I'd really like for the, the Dave Blasco stuff to come up in primary and the BMW financial service stuff to come up under promotions. Mm-hmm. Though if they if they are selling me, oh, we didn't receive your payment, I would like to get that. But they don't. They send you emails every month saying, oh, we have a sale on BMW Z8s. And I don't buy cars every month. Right. Yeah. yeah it's interesting because I'm just looking in my – I have a folder called coupons basically where I have those routings. There's stuff in there from Staples and Monoprice and Payways in there, the pool store, the lamp store, Sam's Club, Macy's, Haynes. There's about 12 emails in there right now and my other – 
box, there's about, and I've already gone to my email this morning and looked at it once. So I, there's 10 emails in there, including the one for this podcast. So um, I, it does seem like it takes a bit of time up. So from time to time, like you said, your buddy, I will go through and unsubscribe to things where like, hey, I get this thing from Staples. I haven't found the coupons useful. I'll just unsubscribe to things after a while to cut down on the clutter. How, so how do you use your coupons? You just, you need to buy something and you say, you go check your coupon folder? Yeah, I mean, generally, here's what I do with my coupons. It's like, normally they don't last for more than 30 days. Most of them expire in 30 days. So I just go in there and once, once every once in a while, I go in there and just say, delete everything older than 30 days. And if I'm looking for something to say, if I've got a Staples coupon or something like that, if I'm going to buy something, I'll just go through the coupon folder and say Staples and see if there's some coupon that applies. I find my usage of that is actually pretty low. So for all those coupons that I get, I don't, I maybe use it maybe once every few months. So it's probably of limited use. Have you ever just searched coupon code or promo code on Google when you're buying something online? I have done that. Um, I, I have used that. I find that the probability of getting a coupon code that's worth the darn is, in my personal opinion, is probably low, like less than 10%. So I'll usually hit my sites for shopping that I like. I like slick deals and tech bargains. Um, and then they'll usually have a coupon code that's good for everybody. But sometimes you get an individualized coupon code that only comes to your email because you're on the email. And there's some tech... I think Newegg does that. I'll buy some stuff from Newegg and they'll have a, an individual email that you have to have or be on to get some promo. So, but um, I, I'm finding the coupons of limited value, frankly. Oh, I it's probably prob shouldn't mention this because they're, they're not a sponsor and they do sponsor lots of podcasts, but there is a plugin called Honey that I use on my Chrome browser that automatically checks... Um, coupon codes and it does work pretty well you want to set it up so you can turn it on and off because it can be a little invasive but while you're shopping it will go through and try a dozen different um a dozen different coupon codes and tell you the ones that work oh interesting i have not used that i'll have to check i have to try that and check that out um just when you said when i you know i've searched on coupon codes before i've had very low success with that for finding a coupon code that actually works in the current situation because it's just you know those coupon codes are just there's so many of them just different criteria so there might be 20 for staples but none apply to the thing you're looking at all right i try honey it's uh like i say it can be a little uh pop-up-y annoying but it has uh saved me some money oh, that sounds a good uh, so with that idea maybe we save our listeners some money today with this podcast well remember if we can save them time then they have more time to listen to podcasts. <laughs> All right, my friend. Until next time. All right. Good.
to talk to you. Uh, I'll let you get back to your filing. Thank you.